you stand for just a moment? I'm going to read three verses, very familiar verses to us. I gave you part of that the other night. Uh, we're going to begin reading in verse 22. We'll read on through verse 24. The Bible says that you put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. And this is where we are this evening. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. You may be seated. We're going to look, and if you look up there, it's principle. I put 10-2. I didn't have 10-1 last time, but it's 10-2 this time. And uh, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And, uh, and so, um, I thought I had that verse up there. Did I have that verse? There it is. And uh, so, in the passage, I want you to think about this. Last week, we talked about the importance of putting off uh, the old man, putting off things from the past, putting off or casting off behaviors uh, that are not healthy for us. And so what I'm sharing with you tonight, God says there's a process to this, though. There's a pattern that we need to follow. There's something that we need to think about. Because in this, he talks about putting off or casting off those old behaviors. But he says something right between the putting off and the putting on. He says, but be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So there's a change in thinking. Uh, before I was saved, I had one way of thinking. After I got saved, uh, I started to realize that my thoughts and my ways were very different than God's thoughts and His ways. And, and so whenever you get into the Scriptures, you begin to read things, and maybe it goes contrary to your life and your lifestyle even now. But the thing of it is, is as we hold to that truth, that the Word of God is truth, and we need to be changed according to the truth of the Word of God. And so whenever you read something in the Scriptures... You need to take that in, and you need to allow God to change your thinking according to His truth. And so, as we look at this tonight, I want you to kind of get a hold of this, because He said that you put off that, uh, concerning that former conversation, that old man which is corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed. When you think about being, being renewed, it's, it's something that's fresh. It comes alive again. It's different than what you had before. And so you think about something that is a change. And so this is where we are with this tonight. And so this second step is to be renewed in your mind. And so when we think about this, I want to talk to you about the idea of maintaining a changed life tonight. How do you maintain that? So, you know, when I think about my Christian life, it's not my desire to move backwards. I pray it's not yours. After I got saved, I didn't want to go back to my old ways. I started learning new things and as I learned those new things, I said, well, I need to change what I'm doing. I need to change uh, the direction that I'm headed in. And as I began to read the scriptures, I realized how my life went contrary to the word of God. Uh, and I would say, well, okay, what do I need to do about this? And I wanted to continually move forward in my Christian faith. On my lunch hour, Pastor Nichols had given me a handout and uh, he had given me this book and I would go on my lunch hour and I'd read that book and I would work on these handouts that he had given me. And I would see... I never thought this way before. I never really had those thoughts in mind, or I had started thinking differently. He gave me a book one time called Changed Into His Image by Jim Berg. And I began working through that. And as I began to work through that, I began to realize how we need to put this old flesh to death. <laughs> you know, I'm saved, but sometimes that old flesh wants to come out and do its own thing, doesn't it? And so what I have to do is I had to start changing how I thought about things. And as I went through that, I began to learn some things. And for the sake of us moving forward, I share with you sometimes, peer into your past for just a moment. Consider what your attitude, your actions, and your spirit were like. If they still match up right now, you're in trouble. <laughs> but our attitude and our actions, our spirit ought to be different today than it was before we got saved. And so there's some things that ought to change in our lives. 
our attitude, our actions, our spirits, things that we might have participated in time past, we will not now. And just take for a moment, consider your own life and eternity and where you'll spend eternity based upon what Christ did in your life and how Christ wants you to now live for Him. And He's asking you to walk with Him. He wants you to be more conformed to His image. He wants us to change how we behave. And He's given us a new life in Him. And He has all these wonderful things that He poses to us. And He gives us these wonderful benefits as a saved person that we have an ability to open up His Word. And we have an ability to read His Word. We have an ability to understand His Word now. And there's all these wonderful things that He's given to us that are just wonderful benefits that He's given unto you and me as a saved person. If you're here tonight and you're saved, say amen. amen. So God has given you some wonderful benefits. One of the most wonderful benefits is you have His Word in your hand. You have the ability to talk with God every day. Isn't that wonderful? You can pray and God hears your prayers. You can kneel down and pray. You can open the Bible and you can read what He wants you to know. How wonderful is that? And so you have the ability to know the mind of Christ. You think you have salvation and you think you know the Word, but listen, the Word speaks of Jesus Christ. When you open it, that's what He told the Pharisees. He said, you think that you know, but if you read the Scriptures, they speak of me. Jesus was talking about Himself. So when you're opening the Bible and you're reading the Word of God, guess what? You're reading Jesus. That's who it's about. He is the Word. And so when you open up the Bible, you're literally learning about the One who possesses you now. The one that's in you. The one that lives with you. He wants you to know him better. You know, and I share this. It's a wonderful marriage because the day that he entered in, you're under new management. So he moved in and now he has a different way that he wants you to think. Different than you did before. Different than the way that the world thinks. And he says, I have something for you. And I believe Paul gives us this pattern to be followed for a changed life. And listen, we ought to challenge ourselves to follow this pattern and to maintain a spiritually changed life. There's some things and steps that we have to take. Gast off that old stuff. Get rid of that old stuff. Put off that old man. Get rid of those corrupt ways. Get rid of the stuff that's causing you to fail to walk with Christ, to be in fellowship with Him. And then be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight, being renewed in the spirit of your mind. So I believe the Lord provides us this pattern so that first step that we talked about was to put off that old man. And so we're talking about being sanctified or being in this process that Jesus has for us about changing. So to maintain a changed life, think about this, uh, you no longer live for self, but you live for Christ. And to maintain a changed life, you live for Christ. How many of you know Galatians 2.20? Say, I know that one off the top of my head. Preacher, I know that verse. <laughs> right? Galatians 2.20, if I started, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, now listen to this, yet not I. What Jesus wants us to understand is we're not living for ourselves anymore. Prior to our salvation, we lived for us. After salvation, he lives in me, and I don't live for myself, I live for Christ now. Paul says it this way, uh, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Now listen to this, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He said, I just want you to know the one who loved you and gave himself for you, he wants you to live for him now. If I'm going to live for him, I need to know how he thinks. Would you agree? I need to know what he thinks. And the only way I'm going to know that is by being in the word of God. 
And so as a believer in Christ, you think about this, we are told to put off the old man, and, but we find that it's not just the putting on, but there is a change of mind, a change of thinking. And we have to see it this way. When I open the Bible and I read the Scriptures, God is not speaking just out there to the world. He's speaking to me. And when I open the Bible, what is He communicating to me? And when I read that and my life goes contrary to what that says, I need to recognize that the Scriptures are truth, and my life and my lifestyle need to change, or what I'm doing need to change and match up to what that says. So when I have that change in thinking, that's me aligning my life with Christ. Now listen, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth where? In me. Where is Jesus? <laughs> He's in us. He has given us His Holy Spirit, and the Spirit of the Lord loves the Word of God because Jesus loves the Word of God because God loves His Word and God gave us His Word that we might know His Word, that we might live by His Word and satisfy or please our Savior by the way in which we live. So when you think about this, as a believer in Christ, your mind needs to be filled with what? Truth. Your mind needs to be filled with truth. Now listen, you're not getting, no matter, how, no matter how much you believe this, you're not getting all truth on Fox. Believe me, you're not getting it all there, okay? CNN's definitely not giving it to us. MSNBC's way off base, right? So, you, you know, but here's the thing. Truth is the Word of God. If I want to know truth, then I need to turn to God's Word. And so, if I'm going to change my mind according to truth, then I need to be in the Word of God. Now, how do I do that? Well, it comes through daily reading, it comes through prayer, and believe me, there are scriptures right now that I'm reading. Uh, I, I was asked to witness to someone, and, and uh, I, I trying to understand how they think, and I prayed to God yesterday to reveal something to me, and I opened up the Bible, and I'm looking in the book of John, and I don't know how many times I've read chapter 6 of John, but I got to verse 53 of John, and I realized why they think what they think now. And God did that for me today. And I was pleading with him to help me understand how someone else might think. And God said, here's what they're thinking. But here's my truth. I'm going to reveal to you what I mean by what I say in these passages. If you get a chance, go read it. It's John chapter 6, verses 53 through 57. I went in there and read, and I understood how someone could believe that by partaking of communion, they're receiving Jesus Christ. But that's not what Jesus was talking about there, and it wasn't even about communion. So, you know, you go and you read the Bible, and how many times have you read something? And then all of a sudden, God says, here, let me enlighten you a bit. <laughs> that's exciting, isn't it? And so, don't ever think, I've read that, I got it, I know it, because, man, I'm going to tell you, I've been doing it for a long time. Emily told me this morning, how many times have you read through the Bible? I don't know, but I don't know it all. There's no way, and when I open it, and God shows me things, it's exciting. I mean, it's like hid treasure. Are you with me? And it ought to excite us as believers when we come in here and we see this. And as a believer in Christ, your mind needs to be filled with truth daily. And that comes through prayer and by the Word of God. How many of you know Philippians 2.5? Let this mind be in you, which is also in what? So God told us that, didn't he? He said, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. I would say the mind of Christ is the Word of God. Would you agree? 
The mind of Christ is pleasing God. The mind of Christ is what God would have us to think. And so he tells us in that passage, let this mind be in you. What mind? The mind of Christ. How are we going to get on the mind of Christ? How are you going to put on the mind of Christ? It can only come through or via the Word of God and prayer, a personal walk with Him. Now, this is a crucial step for each of us, and I want you to think about this. I always hear people talking about they want to make some lasting change in their life. They want to make lasting change in their life. How do you make lasting change in your life? The way do you make lasting change in your life is that you not only know a passage of Scripture, here's a hard word for us, you apply it. You put it into practice. You do what it says. So we've been reading this verse in Philippians 4, 6. Who can say it tonight? Anybody want to say it for me? Brother Jim, go ahead. Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing but in everything about prayer and supplication with thanksgiving that the request is made known unto God. Isn't that wonderful? How many of you did that this week? You didn't let yourself become anxious, but you prayed. <laughs> right? You said, you know what? The verse says what? Don't, don't get that way, right? So I'm not going to allow myself to get in that condition and, and to worry about things. And we're singing this little uh, ditty each week, right? Why worry when you can what? Pray. How many of you have worried this week instead of praying? And yet we know the Bible says something very different, doesn't it? Philippians 4, 6 tells us exactly what to do, doesn't it? And you bring it to God. You bring it to Him. So what is that? If I want to have some lasting biblical change in my life, I have to know not only what the verse says, but then I have to be willing to do what with it? Put it into practice. I have to apply what it says. You say, preacher, are you good at that? No, I fail miserably at times. (laughs) But I know that's what we should be doing, and I'm saying, yes, that's what we should do. And when I do put it into practice, let me tell you, God's Word works. It works. It is a living word. You put it into practice and you'll see. So how do you make lasting biblical change? Well, you take this step of having a change of mind, putting truth into you, and you're putting it into practice. Now, without the knowledge of God or God's word, we're unaware of what's wrong. Sometimes the world itself, they don't know what's wrong. But listen to me, Christians. I want to share something with you. Sometimes we don't even know what's wrong because we don't know what God's word says. And to know what's wrong, we have to open up the Bible sometimes and find out what's wrong. Now, here's the thing. We look at it, and we will say, well, I know it's wrong, but I don't even know why it's wrong. Have you ever asked your, or your children ever asked you, well, why is that wrong? You know, one of the biggest things that comes to me right now as a pastor, is it wrong to drink alcohol? Is it wrong to drink alcohol? Is it wrong to get tattoos, preacher? Is it wrong to get piercings? Is it wrong to do those things? And what I want to do is I want to take them to the Bible because I can tell them what my thoughts are or we can open the Scriptures and say, let's take a look at what God's Word has to say. And so whenever we're doing things, don't just tell people what your opinion of something is. Even if it's your own child. Show them what the Bible says. You see, the power is in the Word, amen? Amen. amen? And if people are going to change, they're only going to change by truth, not by your opinion about truth either. They're going to change by what God's Word says, not what you think about what God's Word says, but what God's Word says. When I look at the verse that's up on behind me up here on the wall, how do people change? 
How is someone going to get saved? What's that verse teach you that's right behind me? They're not going to change by anything I have to say. They're going to change by the gospel of who? Jesus Christ. That's what's going to change a person. You see, that's truth, isn't it? So I have to get them the gospel if I want them to, first of all, get saved. But after they get saved, don't start giving people just your opinion. Give them the word of God. Tell them what the Bible says. And if you don't know, tell them, I don't know. But I'll work with you on it, amen? I don't know. But let's look at it together. Let's go find it together. And you know what? It'll send you on a search and send them on a search. And when you find it, man, it's like finding hid treasure. <laughs> and it's exciting. Don't be afraid to say, well, I don't know. But here's the thing. It tells us what's wrong, why it's wrong. But here's the wonderful thing about God's Word. It tells you how to change it. Isn't that nice? God tells you how to change things. He says, here's how to change it. And he'll give you the ways in which to change those things. And then you know the wonderful thing about God's Word? He'll not only tell you how to change it. Do you know what he'll do as well? He'll tell you how to keep it right. How to keep from letting yourself fall again. And you look into the Scriptures, you say, well, how's that going to occur? Well, how many of you know uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 13? You say, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is what? Are we all tempted? Does the Bible teach us that right there? How many of us in this room are tempted? The Bible says we are all tempted, right? But notice what it says right after that. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. Now, God said to you and me, temptation is common. So yours might be a little different, Jim, than mine is, but we're all tempted, right? But the next phrase is the answer to it. But God is what? Isn't that the answer? So he says, I'm faithful. Now listen to this. Who will not have you to be tempted above what? That you're able. But here's what he told you, and he promised you this, that he'll give you a way to escape. To escape what? Temptation. By the way, temptation is just that. It's not sin. It's sin when you enter in. Are you with me? Remember Jesus saying, pray that you enter not into what? Temptation. Because when you enter into temptation, guess where you've just led yourself into? Sin. So he says, pray that you enter not into temptation. You see, temptations are all around us, are they not? But guess what? God is what? He's faithful. So God is faithful. I'm pushing these buttons here, man. I better be careful. Now here's the thing. How many of you know 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17? Right? How much of Scripture? All Scripture is what? Give my inspiration of God, and it is profitable. Aaron uh, Brock just started his own business. Okay? Well, he's been working at it for a little while. But he wants to be profitable. Am I right? So you've got to do something to be profitable, don't you? You've got to buy cars. You've got to sell cars, right? You've got a lot of work to do, right? You've got a business to take care of now. So he's got to buy cars and he's got to sell cars. Do you want your business to be profitable? So you've got to hustle, don't you? You want it to be profitable, don't you? You don't hope it's profitable. You want it to be, amen? You want it to be profitable. So he says, well, I want my business to be profitable. But you know what, Amy? I'm not going to buy any more cars. I just want my business to be profitable. I don't feel like going to work today. I ain't selling no cars today. But I want my business to be profitable. Right? Ah. We'll just leave and sit on the lot for a while. Somebody will come by, maybe eventually. Somebody will, you know. But I want my business to be profitable. How profitable do you think he's going to be if he just takes that attitude toward his business? Now listen to me. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is what? Whoa. 
How much scripture is profitable? Now, if I want it to be profitable unto me, I want you to get a hold of this, okay? When you read that passage, it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Here's what it's profitable for, for doctrine. Doctrine's teaching, isn't it? It's what I'm being taught. It's what I'm learning. So when I pick up the Bible, if I want Scripture to be profitable, I need to know the doctrines, the teachings of the Word of God. Would you agree? And so I need to know what that says. Let me go back. I need to know what that says. And so I know in my heart, I need to know what the Bible's teaching me. So it's profitable for doctrine, but here it is. For reproof. So what is reproof? So what's right? What's not right? It reproves me, doesn't it? Now, you don't want to make mistakes in your business, so you need to understand the business so you don't make mistakes. Right? So I'm going to find out what are the rules of the business so I don't make any mistakes. Because then I know I can be careful then, so I know what they tell me I need to do, and I'm going to find out what I need not to do because it tells me what I need to be careful about. And so, so does the Bible. So does the Bible teach me I shouldn't lie? Amen? Does the Bible teach me to tell me that I need to be a truthful person? Does the Bible tell me that I need to read the Word of God? Does the Bible tell me I need to pray? Does the Bible tell me, are you with me? The Bible tells me a lot of things I should be doing, but if I choose not to do those things, how is it going to become profitable unto me if I don't do what it says? It's reproof as well. It's saying, hey, listen, uh, let me tell you, this is what's right. Here's what's not right. It's not right to go through your Christian life not praying because <laughs> the Bible said to pray without what? Ceasing. So I know what it says, therefore I should apply what it says. And when I look at this and I say to myself, well, here's why I do this. He says it's for, profitable for doctrine, for, for, for reproof, for what? Correction. <laughs> we don't like this part, do we? Man, I've been doing this, and God said, knock it off. Right? What's right? What's not right? Correction is how to get right, and the last one is how to stay right. Are you with me? So you get the picture that God says, in my word, here's the things that you should be doing. And how profitable is Scripture? How much uh, of Scripture is profitable? All what? Scripture. Everything you read is for your learning. It's for your benefit. Now, the Bible is truth, and we find the only way uh, for true change to come by is, uh, and there's the word change there for you, the only way for this to occur, the Bible truth, and, uh, and the only way that we can change is through truth, our thinking has to change. It has to come in line with God's words. Now, let me give you a couple of verses here. Now, I shared this last week. How many of you know John 17, 17 off by heart now, right? Sanctify them. Through thy truth, thy word is truth. So how do you get sanctified? Through truth. What is truth? His word. So there's no other way to get cleaned up. Now the second thought is this. In Acts 17, 11, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of what? Mind. When you're opening the word of God, you have to be ready to take it in. You have to say, I'm going to listen to what this says. <laughs> Now notice this, when he says this in Acts 17, 11, they were ready in mind, now listen to this, and search the scriptures daily, whether those things are so. <laughs> so if I'm not sure about something, what should I do? Search the scriptures. What did I just tell you Pastor did today? 
He was searching the scripture. Somebody said something to me yesterday, and I thought, I know the Bible says something different about that. And I began to ask God, and I began to search the scriptures, and guess what God did for me today? He said, here, boom, here it is. How many times have you read something, and then all of a sudden you're like, wow, smacked in the face with the truth. And here it stands. And what I'm saying is, the Bible is truth, and we find the only true way to change our thinking is so that we're in line with the Lord, is to use His Word. He said in Romans 12, 2, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, notice, by the renewing of your what? You've got to change your thinking. You've got to change your thinking. You have to come in line with the Word of God. Now, there are four specific areas that assist us with this, and uh, one of those is... Did I get you thinking? Did I get these right? I hope so. I feel like I'm way ahead or way behind. I'm not sure which. So anyway, number, number G there for you. For specific, uh, specific assist in Christian life, we have doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction. Now, where am I? I'm on letter F, G. Where am I? Good gracious. G, I got all things messed up here. Just say thank you, Pastor, and I'll get you the rest of them. Amen? So I'll fill you in if they're not up there on the wall. So here's the idea. There are four specific areas that assist us with the, in our Christian life, and that is doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction. So when I put it in simpler terms, I gave you that already. But the Bible teaches us or exposes truth or exposes our sins, and that's where I want to get you to. Let me see if I can find that. Is that right now? Letter H? There it is. The Bible exposes truth and exposes our sins or convicts us. Now here's the thing. When you're reading the Bible and you come across something, and the Bible says something like this. Love your enemies. Well, that passage is for Mike Sloan. That's not for me. <laughs> Mike just needs to learn how to love his enemies. When the Bible says, love your enemies, is he talking to Mike Sloan or is he talking to us? Are you with me? And you know, if I don't love my enemies, guess what that is? And sin. Isn't it? We like disobedience better than the word sin. Amen. Amen. <laughs> These two guys were on the disobedience level because they got enemies, man, and they're like, oh, it's just disobedience. No, it's sin, isn't it? That's what happens to us. We're sinners. And the thing of it is, is when we don't line up with God's word or God's standard, what is that? That's sin, isn't it? And that makes us uncomfortable. You see, we don't like to talk about sin or sins in our lives, but the truth of the matter is, is when I open the Bible and I read things, and the Bible says here to put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust, and I'm still doing something based upon my past life, the past man that I was, and I still have that in my life. And he said, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and what I'm doing goes contrary to truth. I don't want to stop because I like this then I'm not lining up with God's Word, am I? If I enjoy my sin and it contradicts God's Word, right? I can't stay happy in that. There's going to be a problem. There's going to be a break in fellowship, isn't there? It's going to be a problem between me and God. And so what the Bible teaches us is that the Bible exposes truth and exposes our sins. And when you see the truth, you see the sin, Something happens to us as believers. It's called conviction, and it should come over us. We should be convicted about our sins based upon truth. Not because someone else said I should be convicted, 
It's not that you're the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit reveals to me through His Word there's sin in my life. And God says you need to correct this. That's conviction, isn't it? And so when I'm convicted, I need to change my thinking based upon the truth of God's Word. So the Bible teaches us and exposes truth, exposes sins, it convicts us, it tells us what to straighten up, how to rectify that fault, how to, how to do that. The Bible educates us, it disciplines us, it shows us things. The Scriptures do this for us, and, and so we have to be willing to take those things in. Let me move forward here. This is the only way we're going to be able to fulfill the will of the Lord. And uh, when I say that, what I mean by that is the only way to fulfill the will of God and make the right changes that please the Lord is Christ. 1 Corinthians 2.16 For, now listen to this, who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? Listen to this. But we have the mind of Christ. It's amazing. We're not going to instruct God, but we have the mind of what? We have the ability to know what's truth, don't we? And so he tells us if we're going to please God, we have to do this. Now, the last, uh, I got one more here. To maintain a spiritually changed life, you have to continually be in the truth of God's Word. To maintain, to maintain a spiritually changed life, you have to be continually in the truth of God's Word. If I'm going to continually make changes that are good or healthy, I have to look to God's Word to be able to accomplish that. And then lastly, this. A renewed mind only comes through biblically changed mind. Folks, listen, and this is a very serious point, and I'm done. People think they can change themselves. They think they can do it on their own. How many of you talk to someone and they said, when I get everything straightened out, then I'll go to church? They're not going to church. I can promise you that. Because unless they come to church, they're not going to get things straightened out. And the thing of it is, to have lasting change, to have a really a change to heart, you have to know, this is what God's Word says. This is where I am. This is the change I need to make, and I'm going to apply this. And if you don't apply what you know, you can't expect it to be borne out in your life. It's not going to happen. And so whatever is holding you back, find out what God's Word says. You say, well, I'm not sure this is the problem, but man, I don't even know. And come see me. We'll sit down and look at the Scriptures. And if I don't know, I'm going to tell you, I don't know. Let's go find it. And we'll go on a search together. And we'll find out what God's Word says. And then you have to make some decisions. A lady came to me and she said, Pastor, I need your help. It wasn't here at Calvary, okay? She said, I really need your help. She said, I am a flat-out gossip. She said, I gossip about everything. In fact, the reason I'm in here to talk to you is because I was gossiping about you. I was telling people things about you that are not true. I said, huh. I don't know what she was telling them, but I was <laughs> like, you know, you don't want to investigate too far, right? <laughs> She said, I'm telling just things that are flat out not true. And she says, I don't want to be a gossip anymore. And I said to her, and I got this illustration from someone else. I said, let me ask you something. I said, do you really understand what the Bible teaches about gossip? 
Do you understand a gossip is like a murderer? They're killing someone else's character to build themselves up most of the time. So I said, do you have a feather pillow? Strange request, isn't it? Well, yeah, I've got one. I said, can you take that feather pillow for me? I said, I want you to cut it open, and while you're driving down the highway, I want you to throw all those feathers out the window, out of that pillow. She said, why would I do that? I said, just trust me, do it. Cut the pillow open, drive down the highway, throw the feathers out the window. So when you get that done, come back and see me. Come back and see me. And I said, she said, well, I cut the pillow open. I threw all the feathers out the window. What do you want me to do? I said, I want you to drive back down that same highway and pick up every one of those feathers and put it back in that pillow. She said, that's impossible. I said, that's gossip. When you gossip about other people behind their backs to build yourself up, not a good thing. Gossip is likened to a murderer in the scriptures. Peter brings that up. And so I'm sharing with you, if that's a part of your life and you want that out of your life, you have to find out what the Bible says. Amen? Knowing that God is faithful, you're going to be tempted because if you're trying to get away from gossip, guess what you're going to be tempted to do? Gossip. But who's faithful? God's faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with that temptation make a way of escape that ye may be able to what? Bear it so you can handle it. It doesn't matter what it is, whatever besetting sin that might be in your life, God has an answer for it in his word. It takes a change of thinking. 